This is the Flying Field Podcast. Flying Field Podcast is a service of rcplaneviews.com and the Flying Field blog. This is episode 118. Rain, rain, go away, come again, another day. This episode was produced the week of February 23rd, 2013. Hello, modelers, and welcome to this edition of the Flying Field Podcast. I'm Jim Mohan. Well, believe it or not, there was actually snow in Phoenix this past week. A co-worker's daughter texted her a photo from her front yard just a couple of miles from my place, and it was covered in snow. On the east side of town, the Major League Baseball spring training was moved indoors as the practice fields were covered with the white stuff. Now, I know that for many of you, that's no big deal, but it would be like you having a 110-degree day during the summer. I recently had the opportunity to attend the Arizona Electric Festival held in Apache Junction, Arizona, on the far northeast corner of the Phoenix metro area. This year I had planned on flying on Friday and just observing the action on Saturday, when lines for the flight stations are usually pretty long. The Friday plan went off without a hitch. It was a great Phoenix winter day, with light breezes and a beautiful sunny sky. I joined up with a couple of buddies and flew several times. This trip I took my Multiplex Easy Glider Pro, my Dynam SR Trainer, and my Dynam T28. My home field is near an airport, so the glider doesn't get much action, and when it does, I have to keep it low. Not so at the Electric Festival. I was able to get some air under its wings for a change. I was also able to enjoy some of the beautiful models others brought to the event. One highlight was when two virtually identical large Piper Cubs put on a pretty convincing formation flying demonstration for the crowd. Saturday, on the other hand, was quite a different story. Rain rolled through the Phoenix area on Friday night and Saturday morning and pretty much washed out the Saturday flying. Ever the optimist, I made it out to the field about 9 a.m. only to find the vendor tents closed up and a hearty few huddled under the Ramada. A couple of folks chose to fly in the rain. Did you know that an F-15 electric ducted fan does not like to roll through puddles on takeoff? It seems so, as one pilot hit a puddle on the runway at a pretty brisk pace. The nose gear stopped, but the rest of the plane didn't. The result was an interesting pirouette on the nose and a rather ungraceful fall onto its back. The event organizers moved up the pilot raffle and I left before noon. One fortunate result of the rain, however, was that I got to visit with Mike here, who was visiting the event from the Stockton, California area. You probably recognize the name, as Mike is a frequent reviewer and contributor to the E-Zone on RC Groups. As this episode is being put together, he has nine reviews live on RC Groups. I recorded our conversation, and here it is from a rainy Arizona Electric Festival. 
We're sitting out here in the rain at the Arizona Electric Festival with Mike here. And you probably recognize that name if you're on RC groups because I don't know, probably at least as of today, four of the six reviews that are headlining are from Mike. So, uh, Mike, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, the, the shows that you like to go to and what's uh, uh, your part of RC. Well, obviously I'm into electrics because you see me in E-Zone. Uh -huh. I do. I have flown some gas and blow in the past, but I almost primarily and exclusively at this point elect electrics and sailplanes. I love sailplanes. That was my first interest in the hobby. So I go to Visalia sailplane event and watch that. I come here and I go to local events in my area of Northern California. Mm -hmm. I've never made it to Seth or any of the East Coast events. Um, so a West Coast kind of guy. Well, yes, and I have to pay my own way, so it's limited that and the fact that I only have so much vacation and work so. okay yeah so you're still uh, still among those of us who have to work to uh, to pay the bills yes I understand so um, the last couple of Arizona electric festivals it got blown out last year on Saturday raining today it still might get better uh, but what are some of the the memories that you have from this event what is it that you like about this event Actually, the reason I keep coming back is I like the people. Um, the, the pilots are really friendly. It's almost like an anniversary for me to come here. You know, so they're, they're guys who I only see once a year, but instantly we're friends again. It's like we weren't apart for a whole year. It's what you've been doing, you know, and it's uh, I love flying here at this flying site. The superstitious mountains in the background, the cactus, you know, right behind the runway. It's a beautiful site. So friendly people, beautiful site. Weather last two years not so good, but yeah, we're due for a really spectacular event next year. I think. What do you think? Uh, I certainly hope so. Yeah, I was out flying yesterday and it was a beautiful day, but uh, always look forward to Saturdays because of, you know hundreds of airplanes on the tarmac here and so many interesting models. And usually five, six hundred spectators, if not more. But this rain is going to dampen everything. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, tell me a little bit about the review process that you use when you put together your reviews for um, the E-Zone there on RC groups because you get a lot of comments. They're always very helpful. I've used a couple of them to make some buying decisions. Well, first off, the people who supply the product, they have a right to cancel my review. If they don't like what I've written, they can, they can kill it. But they don't have a right to change anything I say. So I either um, get published as I am, or if I make a technical mistake, they can notify me and ask me if I'm willing to change it, or they can kill the article. They cannot change something to make it sound like they want to. So with that in mind, I try to be honest. I have no reason not to be. I have more reviews opportunities than I have time for reviews, in all honesty. And I don't care either way. I've got friends in the industry, but I tell it like it is. And if the plane is good, that's great. Fortunately, these days, most of the planes are really outstanding. The big separation between companies now is service more than than product. In that, you know, Horizon and, and Havico supply great service. Some of the other companies that are actually striving and are improving their service tremendously from what they were two years ago. But once you develop a bad rep, it's really hard to overcome. So even though Nitro planes and Banana Hobbies, I know both are trying to provide better service, they're, they're labeled. And I think we also have people that jump in on the bandwagon who haven't had anything. 
to deal with them for two years and act as if they were cheated yesterday. It was current, yeah. 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 And so I think stale information is, is a real problem. So it's like anything, um, as they say with a girl's reputation, once it's ruined, it's ruined. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've done business with, with both those companies and have had uh, have good luck, but I've seen those same kind of kind of discussion group trolls that never have anything good to say. But, right. Uh, I blind tested Banana Hobbies. They didn't know who I was. I ordered stuff, and I had some friends order stuff who they couldn't have known, and the, the service was good. The product arrived perfectly, and yet at the same time, other people were, were slamming them, and so maybe they were having one or two problems, but I, I think that it's people don't go to the website when they're happy they go when they're frustrated so yeah. you, you get a misrepresentation you know, in any product be it RC or anything else the, it's the people that are torqued off that, that write more on the internet than anyone else sure sure now when I was in uh, Ontario a couple of weeks ago I uh, was talking with the folks at Horizon Hobby and they've got a couple of new models a new RTF trainer that's got their virtual trainer and then the Visionaire with a bigger model with the AS3X have you had much experience with the uh, AS3X models and I've had a lot of experience with the smaller AS3X and I have put them through tests and like with the beast the little tiny micro beast it, it really was a beast to fly in any type of breeze it, it wasn't able to you were constantly constantly correcting for wind fluctuation when they added the A3X to that it totally changed it around. I no longer had to concentrate on the weather, I concentrated on my moves. So I could fly in a five or six mile an hour breeze at a, at a, a field that where the, you know, if you have a steady breeze, that's one thing, like flying at slope. Those, these were little gusts, and those are what really throw you off. And so that plane, because I flew it both with and without A3X, I was able to make a decision that this really was helpful. As far as with the Visionaire, I, I saw it fly, I interviewed Kiki um, Somanzini there, uh -huh. but I, and I put that up as a first view, um, um, in RC groups, but I didn't have an opportunity to fly it. Yeah, it was just it was just interesting moving to that larger, you know, 50, 52, 55 inch wingspan with that, uh, and then the fact that it's kind of uh, all on the, uh, the receiver was interesting. That new Spectrum receiver that and it's got it's got programmable aspects to it, so that for the Visionaire, is, that that unit is, is tweaked exactly for that plane. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in getting my hands on one soon. Yeah, that's great. So what, what kind of reviews do you have in the mill? What can we look forward to? I just finished shooting the media for the SBD5 Dauntless from Banana Hobby. That plane arrived in beautiful shape. It flies great. Do not fly it behind the uh, center of gravity recommended. I started off at the front of the center of the recommendations. That took seven ounces. Then I went down to six, five. I'm, I'm flying it at four ounces with a little bit of up elevator. It's handling so beautifully and handles that extra four ounces like it was nothing. I'm probably going to leave it there. I could probably get down to three, maybe even two ounces, but it definitely needs some lead along with the four cell battery. Very limited battery space. Do not go bigger than 2,500 four cell on that plane. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, um, anything else that uh, you think listeners might be interested that you're up to? Uh, well, like, what we should be looking forward to from you? Great Plains has a new new. Um, Bird out the Proud Bird. It's a EF1 racer. It can also be flown as a sport flyer, and it comes all white. And I really like that. that that's a bold move for a company to make an all-white plane so that you can make it your own. Because many pilots don't want to have to do that. But if you're going to be racing, do you want to see five of the same plane color trying to determine which one's yours based on a number or two decals you put on it that differ it? And uh, I have uh, some decals from a sign maker, um, Alan Mostek, that are on the plane. Easy to 
put on, and I'll be doing a review of both the plane and his his vinyl appliques, and uh, both are excellent. We were flying that plane, it goes in excess of 100 miles an hour, and uh, Dan Landis from Havico has been demonstrating it here because his touch is pure. Mine, mm -hmm. mine is, is more, uh, well, amateurish compared uh, to his The sport flyer side of it, perhaps. Yes, huh? yes. <laughs> I, All right. That also, I think, lends well to my reviews because I will make the normal guy's mistakes on some of these things, or I will find a problem and I will find out how to overcome it. So you said you get some good tips. That's usually because I've experimented with it and found a way to overcome and correct. It's also a way to get reviews in that might have been killed. If I just talked about the bad points, it might not have ever reached circulation. But mm -hmm. I look to see what can I do to make this plane better, or this helicopter, what will make it work? And then I suddenly have a good flying plane by, over by correcting what I found is a problem. And the article's there, and the, the correction is there for anyone to see. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do you do with them when you're done? You fly them a little while, and uh, who's well, your beneficiary, or is your wife mad at you for filling up the garage? There is no garage. There's my hangar. I see. There's a hundred aircraft in there. Um, as long as they do not spill out into the rest of the house, everything is copacetic. But uh, other than doing some assembly on my special table, which I set up in the family room and then take down, so when I'm not building, uh, they stay out of there. Everything's much better. I see. Okay. But I have to hold on to anything I review for at least six months. After that point, I'm free to do with what I want. I've given some to friends. I sell some. The only bad part about what I do is I'll have a plane that I really, really like, and I don't get to fly it as much as I might because I'm reviewing something new. But as I honestly say, the, my favorite plane is the one I'm flying at that moment. At the moment? Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if it's not a well-flying plane, then it's a challenge. What do I need to do to make it a good flying plane? Well, hey, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me today and for our uh, uh, listeners to our podcast. There's not much going on. I think it's about time for the pilot's raffle, so hopefully we'll end up with something cool. I, I think that's the main draw out here today. A lot of people wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that pilot's raffle. This is one of the, the best features of this event is that you get your money back in the raffle, and that's you can't see it about many places. Yeah, very good. Well, nice thanks so much. You. It's my pleasure. I want to thank Mike for taking a few minutes to visit with me and to share his insights on modeling with the listeners to this podcast. Be sure to follow Mike's reviews and comments on RC Groups. If you were like me, you probably look at a bunch of different RC resources, such as magazines, websites, and the like. Occasionally, I find a particularly interesting article that is worth talking a bit about. The March edition of the AMA's Model Aviation magazine had one such article. At the field I fly at, there are two particularly critical restrictions. You may have heard me talk about the altitude limit we enforce due to our close proximity to a busy general aviation airport. The other is sound. Earl Mullins has a very informative article entitled, The Basics of Noise. It's well worth a few minutes of your time and, for some, it's probably worth some additional study and reflection. I found a couple of points to be particularly helpful. One was his explanation of how the increase in decibels are perceived. He says that an increase in three decibels doubles the sound energy, although a 10 decibel increase is necessary to judge a sound as being twice as loud. I also found it interesting that typically it takes about five decibels of change to be really noticed. 
I also found his observations about what makes sound more annoying quite interesting. His section on noise control also has some important tidbits for those interested in keeping the neighbors happy. Of course, there's other good stuff in the March edition, but make a point to take a look at the basics of noise. Well, this brings us to the end of this episode of the Flying Field Podcast. Links to some of the sites mentioned here can be found in the show notes. Look for them at www.flyingfieldblog.rcplaneviews.com. Click on the podcast category on the right side of the page. This was episode 118. Until next time, happy modeling and fly safe.